The music is provided by Calvary Quartet. You can have more of their music at calvaryquartet.com or log on to our website at gospelbaptistchurch.com. If you could see what I once was If you could go with me back this, The message tonight, <clears throat> for some of you, may be one of the most important messages that you have heard except for the message of salvation <clears throat> that you heard and got saved. We are in precarious times. In the latter days, perilous times shall come. The word perilous means difficult, uh, confusing. If we're in anything, we are in a confusing day. The church of Jesus Christ is confused. I'm talking about confused among itself, among our, among. The church is out there. I mean, you look at the Church of Jesus Christ or those who say that they're saved and look at the variation <clears throat> of interpretation of the same Bible. I mean, it's from one thing, it's from, as my mother used to say, it's from pillar to post. You have groups out there that have absolutely no modesty standards of any kind, no anti-worldly teachings, yet the Bible says the love of the world is to be an enemy of God. How do you, they have women heading the whole thing. More and more and more women are on, on TV preaching to massive crowds. And yet the Bible says pastor or, or deacon to be a husband of one wife. Of course, with the SCOTUS ruling, maybe that solves that. But I mean, you know, this is the plain truth. The Bible is being violated, ignored, socialized, <clears throat> relegated to some other age. Not, not really... Uh, applicable for the time we live. But yet the Word of God, think about the God who wrote it, who made your body and the retina and your vascular system and your cellular system. Uh, it, it, it's relative. And it's pertinent to who we are. <clears throat> the chit-chat on Facebook, since that Kim, I believe her name was Kim Davis in Kentucky, decided that she wouldn't marry a homosexual couple and uh, I, I absolutely agree with her that she should not marry a homosexual couple, but I absolutely disagree in using uh, her Bible to justify it. The uh, job that she had as a duly sworn employee of the state and with the Supreme Court's decision, and evidently the lack of the state of Kentucky standing up to it, because they have not officially taken odds with it. Consequently, that poor soul uh, in her office, even though she was elected, just decided that she had the power to say no. However, she has misunderstood the Bible. And consequently, she will pay probably for what she did. Because the arm of the law, they do not draw their sword in vain. I'm going to try to tell you, I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear, but I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. Uh, the, the title of the message is, The Rarity, the, rare, the Extreme Rarity of Civil Disobedience. 
for the born-again Christian. Uh, it, is a, it is almost never, historically, that the Christian has to disobey the law of the land. God has seen fit to create the law as a friend of the Christian, most all historically, most of the time. Now, once in a while, the, the law will come to a place where they tell you to sin. You say, brother, what, what could Kim Davis have done? She simply could have resigned her office and gone home. She would have got notoriety. She would have got publicity, but she would have obeyed the Bible. And she would have obeyed the law of the land and not in the trouble she's found herself in, even though a little bit of short fame for her you know, may feel good now, but it won't as time goes on. The wheels of justice grind slowly, but they grind to powder. And before you decide you're going to stand up against the powers that be, you must understand what the Bible teaches on it very, very well. Don't be iffy on what the Bible says about obeying the powers that be, because you will be crushed like a bug by those powers. And instead of being a hero, you will end up being a zero. If you violate the Word of God, when it tells you to obey those powers, and yet in your own conscience you say, I can't obey those powers, well, let's talk about that a little bit tonight. Let's read the passage, the classical passage, and there's other places, but the classical passage is Romans chapter 13. The last time I preached on this passage was 15 years ago, in 2000. I preached on this passage in 2000, 15 years ago. Where were you, Sharon, 15 years ago? Three years old? You know what I mean? I start looking to people out here. Where were you 15 years ago? Uh, and and uh, it was actually uh, July 2nd of 2000 in an AM service. I preached on this passage. Let me preach on it by the grace of God. May he help us. In Romans chapter 13, you should know this. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, or there is no power but of God. Now, if you believe John 3.16, you need to believe this. You need to believe every word that's being said here out of the book. If John 3.16 is right, then you want to believe this. If creation in Genesis 1 is right, you want to believe this. You can't pick and choose parts of the book and be right with God on what you like or don't like or prefer or don't prefer. If you do that, you are in direct opposition of the writer of the book. He said, there is no power but of God. No power. The devil does not have power at this moment except God give it to him. There's not an angel out there, evil or good, that, does not, that has power that God has not given to him. You got that. All right, but the powers that be are what? ordained of God. Whosoever, and that's sweeping, therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. The word there really doesn't mean cast into hell as much as it means judged. For the rulers are not a terror to good works, and this is a general principle, but to the evil, Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. Generally speaking, 99 out of 100, 
maybe even bigger than that. Once in a rare, extremely rare while, those powers that be here will contradict the power that is there. And of course, when that happens, the choice is easy and it's clear. You always obey the higher power. The rulers not terror to good works, but to the evil. Uh, wilt thou not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is a minister of God to thee for good. For if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth not the sword in vain, for he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Notice those words. Wherefore you must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. For this cause pay ye tribute also. For they are God's ministers, attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore to how many? Render to all their dues. Tribute to whom tribute is due, that's taxes and things. Custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Father, come, I pray, in a few minutes here. Help us to get this real clear, the future of some of these folks. And it could be in our, in our time that we are forced to discern this passage and make a decision. But Father, help us not to throw our lives away to throw our freedom away on something that you've told us not to do. Help this only, only, God forbid, we'd only do that when it's just the last resort. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's look at it expositionally. Let's just explain some of it. Let's go over, first of all, verse 1, the command of God. Let every soul be subject to the higher power. Right away, you see there, there's no exceptions. There's no exception. No one is above the law. Uh, no one is above the law. the law. You are not an exception to the rule. I hear uh, oftentimes fundamental Christians say, I don't have to obey such and such a law because it's not just. You're not the judge. Uh, you're a doer of the law, not a judge of it. Um, I pay my taxes. Uh, it was, I think it was Hovine ended up in jail losing his ministry for a number of years because he interpreted this that he didn't have to obey the law if it wasn't just. But he found out the long arm of the law goes further than his belief system. And he rightfully spent time in jail. I don't know if he's out yet or not, but he rightfully spent time in jail because he violated this passage. And he is not a hero. And he is not somebody to follow as an example. In fact, he's somebody not to follow as an example. Because it says here, as clear as can be, you're not the interpreter of whether the law is just or unjust. It says just to obey it and pay your dues. Pay your taxes. Pay your property taxes. Pay your ta They say they're, they're using my money to abort. They're using my money. It's not my business what they use my money for. My business is to pay it. My business is to pay it. And after that... And God knows I'm against, and have I have the system of uh, the court. I can go through campaigning. I can vote. I can get a lot, a, lot, a lot of different ways to change the system, make it different than what it is. The four major powers that God has instituted are, number one, the power of the home, the husband and wife, the power of the home. The husband's the authority in the home. Women are being submission to their husbands. Wives are second in command. Children are obey. 
both until adulthood, and they can go out on their own, then they are still, even after they're out on their own, they're still to honor their parents unconditionally. Another one of those. Fifth commandment, honor thy father and thy mother. It, it could have said honor the good parents and dishonor the bad, but it doesn't say that. It doesn't let you make that decision. It just says God, the one who gave you your mom and dad, you honor your mom and dad because God made the decision to give you those. In other words, he basically could have had me birthed in Haiti. He could have had me birthed over in Africa. He could have had me birthed in China. He could have had me birthed in Ukraine. He could have had me birthed. But he decided to have me birthed through the two people that he had me birthed through. And for that sovereign decision, I honor my mom and dad. My mom may be a prostitute. My dad may could have been a, a drunkard. But I honor them as the vessel by which God brought me into this world. I don't honor their drunkenness. I don't honor their, they weren't, by the way. I don't, wouldn't honor their, their illicit behavior. No, no. But as far as the position of mom and dad, I only, you only have one mom and dad. That's it. And you honor that. And God knows best. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to build a civil society. And that's part of it. The foundation of our society is the home. It's this first institution, the power of the home. So we're to honor our mothers and fathers. Very similar, by the way, to Romans chapter 13. You're not the judge of the government. You're not the judge of whether the law is just or not just. You're a doer of the law. You're not a maker. You're not a Supreme Court justice. You're not part of a Congress. You're not part of the system. And so you're in and under their authority. Second power is the power of the church. The local church. Oh, yeah. They have a God-called pastor and deacons. Pastors are, they says, obey them and have rule over you. There's a, they watch as though that watch for your souls, that they don't do it in a sense of grief, but they do it in a sense of joy. There's a sense there that this church looks over you, looks, looks out after you. There's the power of employers. Everybody is under somebody in authority when you work. You say, I'm a subcontractor. Well, you're, you've never seen authority to you work for your customers. Brother, your customers are some of the meanest, baddest bosses you've ever been under in your life. I subcontracted 17 years. I know what I'm talking about. They scream, they yell, they cuss, they jump up and down. They're absolutely unreasonable sometimes, but they're your boss. That's the way, and you know, you, you, that's one of the uh, powers. And then, the, fourthly, the power of government. The power of government is in the form of local government, in the form of state government, in, in our system, in the form of federal government. But you understand the passage when it was written. It was total and absolute dictatorship under the Roman government. By the time that Paul wrote this, the Senate had been disbanded, pretty much made nothing. They were not a democracy. Nero and those folks were absolutely worshipped as gods. Their word was law. They could say, put that man to death. They'd go get him, put him to death. Put that family to death. When Nero said the Christians burnt down Rome, they, start, they, took, they started persecuting and slaughtering Christians like animals throughout all of the city of Rome on his word. I hate it when a system gets to that. I hate it, but they got to that. And uh, you can imagine that system being compared with our system makes our system look so much more just, so much more 
honest, so much more uh, fair than, than an absolute dictatorship which has no accountability to anybody, which is what that system was when Romans chapter 13 was written. You must understand the context, the context or the contextual setting and a historical setting of the writing of this. It was in that that he says there is no power but of God. I'm like, whoa, whoa. Maybe I don't have a grip on how serious this thing a government is. Why be subject to all these powers? Because all, according to verse 1, all powers originate with God. There is no power but of God. Secondly, all powers in place are sovereignly allowed by God because he's in control ultimately of everything. Psalm 75, 6 says it. For promotion cometh neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south, but God is the judge. He put it down one and setteth up another. When we fasted, for, I fasted for three days. Uh, some of the folks here at church fasted on the election of Bill when Bill Clinton was running. We did not want Bill Clinton, even though he was from Arkansas. I didn't care. Uh, we did not want Bill Clinton. We didn't feel he was a good man. We didn't feel he was a moral man. And we, uh, The Christians often across the United States fasted and asked God that he didn't get elected. He got elected. When he got elected, I said, well, God, you've spoken. And I supported him. He ran again. I said, after that, he'll never make it the second time. We fasted and prayed that God wouldn't let him come in. He got elected. I said, well, God, you've spoken. When Hillary ran last time and this guy by the name of Obama couldn't even pronounce his name, I said, surely nobody will vote for somebody after 911 that has an, an error, error, make sounding name, just for the sake of, you know, I mean, it was the Arabs who did all that, and I figured, you know, they weren't our, and I just figured nobody would do that. He got elected. We fasted that God wouldn't elect him. He got elected. I said, God, you've spoken. I support him as president. Same time for the, I said, he'll never get elected the second term. <laughs> I'm wrong a lot on that stuff. Well, he'll never get elected the second term. America wouldn't do that. And he got elected. I support him. Actually, I pray that he gets saved. I don't want him to go to hell. I don't want his wife to go to hell. I'm not saying I like him. I don't want him to go to hell. But I do know that I know something from the Bible. I know that he's the president that God wanted us to have. And she's the first lady. <laughs> this is hard to say. But folks, if we believe the Bible and what it says, we have to say that we are getting what we deserve. Is that what it is? God is working out a bigger picture that we don't understand. Was that the way it is with the Roman government? It was. Hebrews 4.13 says, There's neither is there any creatures not made manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open under the eyes of him with whom we have to do. God sees everything. There's nothing hidden from him. He knows what's going on. He's not being taken by surprise. We see in verse 1 that oh, there's no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Verse 2 through 4, we see the consequences of resisting the power. Whosoever therefore resists the power, resists the ordinance of God. <clears throat> and notice this, they that resist shall receive themselves judgment or damnation. Those who resist, get it straight. When you resist God's ordained powers, you are resisting God himself. Understand that when you resist the powers that God has put in place, you literally are challenging him. All I can tell you, when you challenge God, it don't work out for you. 
And the only exception to that, of course, as you know, would be when they tell you you have to do something that is the Bible says is sin. And there's no other alternative. Back against the wall, you have to do what God says. Then you're given the ability to obey God over man. But boy, that doesn't happen very often historically. There's usually other ways to move and other systems. Like, if they said not to do the bus ministry, we do, there's no place in the Bible that says, thou shalt have a bus ministry. We could quit doing that and start doing something else to reach the kids. If they stop that, we could quit that and start doing something. Because there's, there, thou shalt not pass tracks out. Or thou, what, what the Bible does say is that we're to be a witness. Now, when they tell me I can't speak in Jesus' name, Boom, they've come down to the place i got to do it. And at that point, then, I say, well, you do with me what you will, but I must speak in Jesus' name. I will not be quiet about Jesus Christ and his being a Savior. Then you can take me and do whatever you want. And by the way, they will. They will use the power that they have been given to do that. So we need to be careful. Those who resist are judged as criminal and punished. We, and it says to, to be afraid because of that, because they don't bear the sword in vain. I am really disgusted right now, and I'm, I'm, I'm concerned at the lack of respect for the power of the government. When you got people over in, was it Ferguson, standing up to those police officers and blah, 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 and then when they get shot, they blame them. There is something deeply wrong with your group of people you're living with. My dad told me when a police officer tells you to do something, unless it's direct sin against God, you do what he says. Because dad says he doesn't bear that pistol in vain. And they didn't have tasers back then. They don't bear that billy club in vain. And he's been trained how to knock your head, brains out of your head. And he'll do it. And, and my dad taught me a deep respect for the law. He says, son, I went to World War II and fought and risked my life so that we could have that man out there doing that. Now, he's not always right, but he's the law. And until he asks you to do something that is absolutely directly against God, do what he says. <clears throat> For a lot of you, that means to slow down. Of course, who am I to talk, right? Yeah. I was racing with Tyler on coming to church here tonight. <laughs> if thou wilt do that which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth not the sword in vain. He's a minister of God, revenge evils. When I get stopped, I've been stopped for speeding six times. I've never been ticketed, never had a speeding ticket in my life. When I get stopped, I always make it real clear that this guy's a minister of God. Here's how I do it. I say, officer, if he says you're going 10 over, I said, yes, sir. You probably ought to ticket me. I was speeding. In other words, I'm not giving him an attitude. When he comes up to my window, I'm thinking he's God dressed in a uniform. Yeah, he's a minister of God, representative. And he's got that python right over here. And I'm thinking, you know, and I just humbled myself under the power. 
And, and every time God's had mercy on me and let me off, and my wife's sitting over there going, I can't believe you got off again. One time I got a ticket, I went through, by the way, going up here on Gladiolus, taking a right turn, you got to stop. I'm used to it, Florida, you know, rolling around the right. And I hit that thing, I went 10 o'clock, one of you dear folks in the hospital, 10 o'clock at night, Saturday night, we went to the hospital, made the call, I'm tired, trying to get home, I make, I, I round that corner, take the right, it was, so there was nobody coming, nobody coming, the red bubble pulls me over, and I tell him, and he, get, and he gets out of his car, he's a short guy. My wife pops a tude, makes a comment, he hears it. I, when he goes back to ticket me, I said, you, you're, you, because of what you said, I'm going to get a ticket. I says, I ought to take you outside the car right now. I said, I can't believe you said that. Well, he's a, a short, something, made some comment about the guy's height. I thought, and I got a $184 ticket, four-hour school. The, the punishment was the school. Of course, you don't see that side of her. So. Bible said in verse 3, the rulers are not terror to good works, but to the evil. Will thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt praise the same. Generally speaking, these are principles. Generally speaking, nine, nine, nine hundred times, that's true, right? That's right. That's true. And by the way, historically, most of the time, that's true. Uh, there's, there's three lies that are told concerning power that you'll hear. Number one, that authority is bad. No rules, man. That's anti-authority. The bumper sticker says question authority. You're not the judge of authority. You can vote. You can campaign, you can pass laws, but you're not the judge of authority. You're a doer of the law, not a judge of the law. To be a judge of the law, you've got to be above it. And you're not above it. Nobody's above it. You're not the judge of the law. If you were put in that place, you could be. You may be able to make some difference. Maybe like Huckabee or some of those guys are going to be able to make some difference in the law. I hope so. I think there needs to be some difference in the law. But when it comes to obeying the law, I'm going to obey the law because it doesn't require me to disobey God. And until it requires me to disobey God, no matter whether it's just, I'm just obeying the law. I'm paying my taxes. I'm paying my dues. I'm paying my tribute. I'm paying my tolls. I'm paying it. Because I'm thrilled to be in a country that has law. And if you don't understand the seriousness of anarchy or no law, None of you would want to go watch our volleyball game tomorrow if we had no rules. Because you've never seen dirty play like you've seen our girls play. Starting with a coach. But I mean, if they had no rules and said you play any way you want to play, okay, girls, take some sand. I mean, deflate the ball. You know how it goes. No rules. I wouldn't want to watch a baseball game without rules. I wouldn't want to watch a football game without rules, even though I think I have. Anyway, I wouldn't want to watch. I wouldn't want to watch a boxing match without rules. I wouldn't want to. You think about it. I wouldn't want to watch any of that stuff. I wouldn't want to be in any of that stuff, baseball, any of it, 
Because without rules, it has no sense of fairness to it or justice. Thank God there's policemen everywhere. Thank God there's a sheriff's department in Lee County. Thank God there's a highway patrol out there. Thank God there is a, there's a local government. We got uh, five commissioners, and I'll tell you what, I spent a lot of time the last 10 years with our commissioners. I spent over 30 days down there uh, arguing with them and debating with them and trying to get them to stop the mines from coming out where we live, which they cooperated with and did stop billions and billions of dollars worth of corporations coming here and raping our area. I can guarantee you, Brother, I'm appreciative of those commissioners. I'm appreciative that they're watching over our county so that we don't make it a, a, a vast wasteland that looks like the moon. Uh, if it wouldn't have been for them, it would have. Because I'll guarantee you, for money's sake, people will do anything. Authority is good. I don't want a Kosovo or Somalia or Lebanon or Rwanda. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Normally, rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. And in my lifetime, that has absolutely been the case. We get to go door to door. We get to do bus ministry. We get to do nursing home. We get to do all we do because we have good law. We are allowed to do it by law. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Good. And so the lie of authority is bad is a lie. Don't buy into it. Second thing, the second lie is no rulers, no rules equals freedom. No, no. No rulers, no rules equals slavery. There's no worse human condition than anarchy, where you have no rulers or no rules. Um, I'm telling you, regularly on TV, kids are being soaked with rules are bad, uh, and, and to be a judge of the rules, it is a filthy lie that will eventually lead to the downfall of America if obeyed. Ferguson is a great example of that. Who wants to live in that area? Not me. If I lived in Ferguson, I'm out of there. If I lived up where these people are rioting, I'm out of there. I don't want to be around a bunch of folks who think they can just go and, 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 and rip a store off and, and steal the stuff because they haven't gotten a fair shake in life, and they're going to go in there and take everything out of those stores those people have worked so hard for. No way. By the way, I'll tell you what I'll teach Ferguson. All the police ought to quit. All the police ought to quit. I'm going to tell you what. Around this city, if there weren't any police for a few days, ooh, I bet you we'd be begging the police to come back. We'll give you double the money. Time off. What do you want? Just come back to work. Because this thing would turn in. You couldn't go anywhere. You couldn't do anything. We'd be walking around with our M16s, I mean M15s, excuse me, and, uh, and the mini-14s, and we'd be walking around armed. But that is no protection. You don't want to do a gunfight to pump your gas. You don't want to, do a gun, you don't want to have to have uh, people here all night long with, with weapons to, to protect this stuff. You don't want to have to do that. Man, nobody wants to live like that. You can never leave your house. Somebody has to be there. Oh, that's the kind of environment. Uh, no rules, no rules uh, means no freedoms, what that means. So compliance is necessary. Look in verse 5 and 6. Wherefore, we must needs be subject. It's necessary. We must needs be subject. Not only for wrath, for conscience sake. There's, there's, first of all, we're supposed to be uh, 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 compliant because we fear God's wrath. 
if God makes the power, and there's no power but of God, and he makes the power, and we disobey it, the logic on that is then we've just put ourselves up against God, and then his wrath is going to pour down upon us as disobedient to his system. And it will. It will. You can be sure of it. And secondly, you should do it for your own conscience sake. Conscience before God, because he says to obey the powers that be. Conscience for, your, for the sake of your own peace of mind. When we disobey the law, we defile our conscience. We lose one of the most prized possessions of life. That's peace. Thirdly, we're to comply because they're God's servants. They're ministers. They're servants. On the side of those folks, we should be. Comply in these areas. Now, you say, uh, the last part about that, the interesting part about this passage, verse 7, where it says, oh, by the way, pay them. I'll tell you what, people will give anything but their pocketbook. When it comes to pocketbook, well, that's the last place. When you get a guy's pocketbook, you get you get him. I hate to say that, but that's just true in life. When people give their money, that's their last place of approval. And so he says, your last approval by this passage in verse 7 is, now I want you to take your wallet out, and I want you to pay him. I want you to pay him. And if they charge you, pay him. You say, 25% taxes is ridiculous. I ain't going to pay it. Well, go to Germany and see how you like it. 70%, 60%. Do you know in Germany, the Germans have told me that the church takes their tithe out of their taxes. Protestant and Catholic. Take the tithe out of your taxes. You don't pay your tithe. They take your tithe out of your taxes. Why do you think there's 60,000 Germans from about Tampa to Marco? Because they're trying to get away from that system over there. And by the way, they can do that. Legitimately and under the legal part of their law, they can leave. See, that's, a, that's, see, that's an option. You don't have to become disobedient to that system. You can leave that system. That's an option. They could go there and say, oh, it's unfair, 70%. I don't like it. I don't think it's good. But if our government got up to 60 70% taxes, and I suppose living in America... I just pay what I can pay until they eventually take everything, and then that's just the way it goes. What it is, pay your taxes. I get tips. You can pay your tips. Pay your taxes on your tips. Pay everything. But why? For God's wrath, which sees everything, and for your conscience' sake. You got a conscience? You say, I don't. I have a conscience, preacher. Well, let me tell you, you need to preserve your conscience. Because your conscience is what lets you sleep at night. A clear conscience will help you sleep. You can lay your head upon your pillow knowing you've not wronged anybody you haven't gotten right about. You haven't shorted anybody in business that you haven't gotten right about. You haven't done anything to anybody in any direction that you haven't tried to get right about, and you have absolute peace with God. You may sleep through this sermon. You've got so much peace. I don't appreciate it, but... <clears throat> You may. Nowhere in any of this have you seen a definition of the quality of the individual in the office. But you have seen the office itself demanded the respect and compliance of us. I don't like the president that we have right now. I don't like what he does. I don't like what he stands for. I don't like what he believes. But he is the president of the United States of America, 
And until he tells me I have to do something that directly violates this book, I am going to support him. And I am supporting him with my taxes. Yeah. You don't have to know the guy to support him because God says, oh, all power is from me. And there's no power but by me. You say, well, you can take it to the... People immediately, when they argue about this, want to go to the ridiculous. People always want to go to the ridiculous that have no argument. When they, when they really don't have an argument, they go to the ridiculous because they're will. They just want to, they don't want to obey it, and they want to try to think of a way not to obey it. So they'll, sometimes they'll go to what I call the extreme exception. Don't, don't, be, don't be drawn into that. The Bible's not talking about extreme exception. It's talking about the rule of thumb. It's talking a principle that 99 out of 100 times will apply. Now, once in a while, and we may see this, it will we see this in the United States where you and I go to jail or we have our property confiscated because we don't obey the law. It's possible. I'm not sure in my lifetime I will see it because I'm 63. But in, in, in Philip's lifetime or in Aldrich's lifetime or in the Cap's lifetime or some of you 20-somethings, very likely my grandson's lifetime, very likely, if the thing would continue to go in the pace it's going, I wouldn't doubt that it may become illegal to tell somebody about Jesus. At that point, disobey the law and start going. Tell the judge about Jesus. Tell the cops about Jesus. Go ahead and do it. Because Jesus said to go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. In that case, you've got to do what God says over man and says, but... Is that rare? Yes, it is. Does that create persecution? Yes, it will. But it'll, then, you're, then you've done it in obedience to God over man, and you have a clear conscience. But the wrath of the system, nonetheless, will still fall on you, and you will pay whatever price you have to pay, or they deem you to pay for that, up to possible being murdered or killed. It has happened historically when governments have gotten so bad and when it's allowed. But you realize, you realize that God controls what's going on. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, he says, I'll hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. You and I got a way to overcome this thing. We got a way to overcome this. What's the way to overcome it? We're his people by the grace of God, born of the Spirit of God, humble ourselves before Jesus and ask him to save us. Are we not his people? My people which are called by name shall humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Are you doing anything that you know is wrong? If you are, you are contributing to the downfall of America. Because the sinning and backslidden Christian that is willfully out of the will of God is, is creating God's wrath. Of, and how will God judge God's people? He judges God's people with raising up a government that will judge God's people. You wonder why Obama's in office. You wonder why the, that, that uh, decision on, on uh, homosexual marriage went through. Is it not unbelievable to you that that happened? Some of us older folks. Am I including myself in that now? Do I get to do that? Some of us older folks. That sounds strange. Some of you older folks. You will, I bet if I dug my dad up, it costs 500 bucks. If I exhume my dad, he'll be laying face down. He's rolled over in his grave already. 
Probably every World War II boy that's buried out there is face down. He's rolled over in his grave. Cannot even believe the country that they fought and died for. It made that legal. And I know it's crazy, and I know we can say it. And I think we should preach the harder. We should pass tracks out more. We should do the bus ministry more fervently. We should tell about Jesus. But I'm going to tell you in the same token, we should live more purely. He that hath this hope within him. What is that hope? That Jesus Christ would come back and claim us, purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Holiness, brother and sister in Christ, is where we're at. Holiness, living like God wants us to live. That's the way you save America. You want to keep the law from being a st- turning and stinging us? Then do what God asks you to do. Live the way God wants you to live. Serve Him with all your heart. That is really our only hope. For if God be for us, as I said this morning, who really can be against us? The government can't do a thing without His permission. But let me tell you this, if he be against us, ain't going to be nobody going to. If God be against you, who's going to be for you? You're not going to make it. And I know that, that you see the condition of the local church. You see all over, even in our little town of Benita here, how they quit having services, quit preaching. You mean to tell me that group of people need less Bible, less preaching, less holiness, less righteousness, less obedience? No, they don't. They need to get right. We need a a revival from head to toe. We need revival. We need the Spirit of God to come all over the United States and those that are born again to humble themselves. That's what is going to save the society, if it will be. If it will be. But in the meantime, obey the government. Obey it. Do what they say. Until they tell us we cannot do those things which the Bible commands us to do. And they're not as many as you think often that they are. A lot of people come to me and say, and they'll say, I say, no, no, we're not commanded to do that. Show me in the Bible we're commanded to do that. We're commanded to witness, but it doesn't say how. It doesn't say how, other than verbal. And so they may tell us we can't pass tracks out. All right. They may tell us not to do the bus ring. All right. They may tell us we can't. Uh, have a Christian school. We'll, we'll educate them at home. They may tell us can't educate them at home. Ooh. When they tell you now that you can't educate your child in the things of God, I believe they cross the line there. And at that point, then we got to stand up and say, no, we have to, obey. I respectfully disagree. We have to obey God. I don't want that to come. Man, nobody wants that to come. Some of these people talk like they want that time to come. They want to stand up. Man, there's no fun in that. My dad said, my dad being through World War II told me, son, son, there's nothing about war that's glamorous. He said, there's nobody ever been in war that wouldn't tell you war is hell. It's something nobody ever wants to go through. We don't want to go under persecution by the grace of God. We want God to heal our land. And by the grace of God to raise up somebody to lead us that would allow us to have. The Bible says pray for your leadership, that you have peace in your time, that you can go forth, preach the gospel. That's what we want. Father, we pray tonight you give us wisdom to understand this passage. If there's questions about it, may may Lord God, they honestly and legitimately go study it, look at it. And Father, may you give us wisdom from heaven because we need it. Help your people to understand when it's time, if it ever is, to obey you over the government that's over us.
But help us in the meantime to obey those folks and honor them, pay their tribute until the, until you say uh, it's against you. Father, give us wisdom. That's what we need. There could be some here tonight that didn't come for this kind of message for Christians, but they came because they are looking for truth. They came because they're looking for something better. And I can tell you, dear one, Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. If you'll trust him as your personal Savior, he'll forgive you. He'll cleanse you with his precious blood, which satisfied God's justice. Every accusation of every sin you've committed will be wiped away and been given to Jesus on that old rugged cross. And be cleansed white as snow. The Bible said, though your sins be as crimson, they shall be as wool. Why don't you come ask Jesus to save you tonight? Nail it down. Put your... Put your Put the stake down and nail it. Say, I want to know I know Christ. Why don't you do that tonight? Dear Christian, you're out there playing in sin. You know what's wrong. God, the Holy Spirit's convicted. Why don't tonight you say, I'm contributing for the downfall of America, my country. Why don't you humble yourself before God, pray, repent, turn, and ask God to help you to live for Him. Help us, O oh God, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm just a sinner saved by grace when I stood condemned to death He took my